Hey girls and gays. Hey girls, hey gays. Welcome back to, to another, another episode, episode of Our Shared. What Our Shared. Where we close the gap between who we are and who we want to be. And where we are and where we want to be. I am your host, Mukundwa. And I am your co-host with the most, Nyakwezi. Now I suspect we'll have a lot of new listeners this week because... We attracted quite a lot of bees. By we, it was me. Um, (laughs) How do you know I wasn't working in the background, bitch? (laughs) I doubt. So this week on my Instagram, um, well, last week, so this is coming out on Monday. Last week, we've had an incredible discussion about whiteness. It was all prompted when I asked the question, white people, what do you find hardest about being friends with people of color? People of color, what do you find hardest about being friends with white people? Mm. And I was looking through the responses and this got me begging the question about whiteness itself. Um, I have always wondered, and I think we've voiced this in other episodes, Nyak, that there's so many studies prodding and interrogating and totally dedicated to the study of like the fascinating, um, like creature-esque person of color, Mm. right? We've got School of Oriental African Studies in England. Mm. We've got a whole establishment dedicated to looking at black and brown people. But whiteness is consistently, um, whiteness as a institution is consistently the cause and the issue of so much interpersonal and global terrorism and savagery and brutalism. Mm. And I'm very interested as to why we don't study whiteness. White people perhaps as some of the conveyors, purveyors. Do you even know what you're saying I know, saying like, which anymore? word? No, no, I do know what I'm saying. White people as um, the, I think it's like, purveyors. propagators of mm-hmm. whiteness, as we all are, we're all vessels to propagate whiteness, but whiteness as an institution. Mm-hmm. So I asked in my story, white people, let's hear from you, because people of color have had to know and learn about whiteness and white people to survive. And because um, we live in a white person's world, Mm. not out of choice, but out of like just terrorism, right? So white people, I asked you all the question, why do you think white, where does this barbarism come from? Why (laughs) is there savagery across time and space when Mm. it comes to white people and how they um, treat other people who Mm -hmm. are not white? So this episode is essentially looking at the responses, we've had a lot of interesting takes. I don't know if we'll get everything covered in um, one episode or two episodes even. Um, but I think this was also an important topic because I have noticed a lot of our listenership is white. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely over 50%. So it'll be interesting to discuss whiteness from the lens of black people. And also just like looking at the, the, the intricate relationship that white people have with their non-white friends and specifically black friends. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at listener answers and just discuss through the lens of yeah and for me as well whiteness through the lens of white people because i i in my experience white people don't actually have to interrogate whiteness so it'll be really interesting to hear what um our listeners have said that's so interesting Mm. i love that and that was and i must say a big thank you to everybody who did um engage i was very surprised that all of you white girls and gays had so much um insight and thought about whiteness Mm. because I just didn't think white people thought about whiteness and that's not because 
of any personal merit or lack of, mm. but it's because whiteness itself, the structure isn't to be interrogated. Mm. Whiteness is the standard upon which we all operate. Right. So people will be like, there was a woman in the room and a black guy and a white guy. Mm-hmm. And we assume the woman's white. Right. So that's how whiteness operates. It's, it's incognito. So thank you for, um, thank you for engaging. It's been so awesome. So fun. I would love to do more of this somehow, like an IRL thing. So we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we just jump right into Let it? Deep end, honey. Okay. Is there any better way? So I think we should start with the POC, mm-hmm. the, right? So the black and brown people who responded and talked about what is hardest mm-hmm. about being friends with white people. Yeah. And we're just going to break down some of those responses, um, not for ourselves really, but for the white listeners. So you can have context into the inner lives of your brown and black friends that you might not be getting because it's exhausting for them to explain it or because it's uncomfortable, as you will hear from the responses. Mm. So this is for you, right? This section's for you. (laughs) Okay, so the first one, I think we should look at... Should I read them all out? I think so. And then we kind of discuss... Yeah, I'll Mm. read them all out. And then, yeah, we can go through it. Okay. And and I think stop me if you want to actually go into one immediately. Can you... So what was the question, the prompt? Right, the prompt was non-whites... What makes friendship with white people difficult? And an answer, a lack of education on non-white perspectives. No work, but everyday debate. Uh, White friends centering themselves in the relationship, white co-workers especially. Their denialism and their discomfort with the truths of black people's reality. Benevolent racism, thinking I'm their token fear of being fetishized thinking I'm their token, comma, fear of being fetishized. Um, They say they're allies, but don't really do anything with their privilege because privilege. The casual racist remarks that are played off as a joke. Whites don't know how much they don't know about the world because whiteness is a set of blinders. I struggle with neoliberal white friends who think they've done the work, but actually haven't. And the last one we have here, let's see. Oh, constantly feeling as if I need to censor myself to spare their feelings. Right. Yeah. Do you relate to those, by the way? A hundred percent. I think I might have... Okay, now that's shifting, but for a lot of my... From like 15 onwards, I had more white friends and black friends. Mm. Um, and a hundred percent. And these are things we're constantly like tiptoeing. It's like... This is how it feels to be friends with white people sometimes. A white person's walking and they're throwing eggs out of a basket, just throwing them behind the head, and the black or brown person is catching them. Like doing ballet doing gymnastics doing acrobatics <laughs> doing um the, simone biles doing some black people stay doing simone biles behind their white friends <laughs> who like yeah just constantly crisis manage and censor themselves so i do relate a hundred percent yeah um let's just break these down okay. to explain what do these really mean okay so a lack of education on non-white perspectives no work but everyday debate right question mm. Um, where are white people supposed to find the answers if they can't ask a question and then it's seen as debate when they do want uh, to interrogate? Do I have to say playing devil's advocate so I don't sound (laughs) like a dumb black? (laughs) I think, yeah. So now we know. Next up being a dumb black. And I just want to add, if the intentions are not clear about this episode, it's that white people and people who are not white, um either aren't having these conversations or when they do, it gets hectic really fast because um, 
for obvious reasons, right? So we're having this, this podcast is kind of like a meeting point, mm. this episode for us to like break down the stuff mm. and to not, to not be, we're calling in, we're calling everybody in. Mm. Um, yeah. So just understand that. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. So where do white people go? If when they ask their friends, if when they challenge what their black friends say, they're now being told they're being divisive and you're debating me on my lived experience. Mm. Okay. What this is my opinion. Um, the black friend who says, "Why are you debating my lived experience?" is exhausted and is already on edge because they live already in, like that friend is a microcosm of the world they already live in. That's always doubting, always second guessing, always gaslighting them for their experiences. So when they respond like that, they're not responding to the friend as much as. Um, they're responding to the exhaustion they just constantly live under, mm. like the high, the high adrenaline state that a lot of black people live under, especially in countries that are predominantly white. So in South Africa, if my friend asked, if my friend, white friend challenged me, very comfortable to answer because I do feel much more held in this space. It is predominantly black. In England, it's overwhelming because when mm. your white friend challenges you, you're the one black person on a table of six white people at a pub and you have about 20 seconds like of time to mm. answer your friend about why do, you, why do black people care that we touch their braids anyway? You have the floor for 20 seconds before somebody wants to go get another Guinness and you're expected to condense all of that history, all of that explanation, and you're expected to be a vessel of that information to begin with. And black people are frustrated that, first of all, we can't just be dumb bitches. It's upsetting. It's upsetting me and my homegirls <laughs> that what if I don't know the answer? What if I don't want to know the answer? Why do I have to be? A, why is it every day James Baldwin at the pub? Like, I also might not know why I'm mm. offended you touch my braids. Why do I have to be articulate and always ready to do bell hooks mm. anywhere at the drop of a hat? That's what it feels like. It feels like black feels you feel cornered. Mm. when you're challenged now from the white perspective i understand what you mean yak like where do they go i think it's important white people and anyone asks i think questions should be allowed i think they are important um in a previous episode we'll remember that after i had sex with that um turkish lebanese guy he changes every time but yeah you're Bruh, after i had sex with He's that a shade guy, of white that's, yeah the, the spicy white guy yeah. he asked me why um jamaica <laughs> He asked me why Jamaicans don't have dads, <laughs> to which I blasted him, but to which I blasted him. Now, is that a question? It had, did that question come out of nowhere? No. Did he, do stereotypes come out of nowhere? No. That is an important question. It's a valid question that has answers and has more complicated, sophisticated ways to maybe even ask that question, mm. but there are places you could find an answer, mm. right? Um, that wouldn't have a, that w- would come with like a history as well. Right. So look, I mean, for me, it's, I think it's, it's exceptionally lazy not to have the um, sensitivity to understand how layered uh, your question is, especially when you're asking for a group mm. um, and to not, I think, especially if this is your friend. So that this person that, the spicy wife that you slept with mm. um, to not understand how deep that question, what, how deep the question runs, not like how uh, deep you feel that, that how dare he ask you something like that so flippantly 
after maybe mediocre coitus um, and expect this is an our, answer this from is, you. We met that day. As, no, we didn't meet that day. Okay, we've been talking for a while, but that's like the first time we'd linked up. So can you imagine? You know, so I really do think it is, it, it is a privileged laziness. And I just, it, it does make me wonder what other kind of in, like group or intersection has to like represent mm-hmm. the whole kind and like, you know, I'm trying to think of examples in my mind and I just really think there's a specific disregard for people of color when it comes to things like that. So, so I think it's, uh, it's laziness. So when, so even with, yeah, so white people, their friends, um, I really do. I used to think the term like just like Google, like Google is there was a bit flippant, but, but I've come to realize how inconsiderate it is not to recognize one's own place Mm -hmm. and privilege and therefore, um, you know, then ask, I mean, therefore do, do the research and do, do the sensitivity work before then coming towards the individual and maybe try to ask an individualized question, mm-hmm. like not for everyone, you know, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's very, very lazy. Just going to a person and not doing the actual work. Can so you do imagine? they actually want to know? That's what I want to know. Do you care? And I kept my wig on for him. I bought that wig that week. It was never the same. It was Beyonce, oh. the one I brought to SA. I named it Beyonce. It was Be- It was Beyonce. It was never the same after that night. And I was like, I wore my, I sweated out my wig for you just to ask me about Jamaican dads. Do you know what I mean? I'm from East Africa. And I think, I think a good, I mean, if I'd asked him, why do, if I'd asked, why, why is it that Arabs like bombing others? Like going to countries and bombing people. Do you know? It's the same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And I think maybe an advi- a piece of advice I would have now, in hindsight, given him is that why don't you think about a question you'd find offensive? Um, or think about a question you'd have to ask a Polish person, an Australian white mm-hmm. person, a, a white American, and see how that might be offensive. That's it. Now ask yourself why that filter didn't apply to me. Yeah. So you can recognize that, not by your own fault, that there is a lack of regard for black people generally that you, you've internalized because mm. your community is anti-black. Mm. Not because they're bad, but because the world is anti-black. Mm. So I think, I, I love what you said, Nyaki. So you're saying... Um, when you have a question like that, there you should pay attention to the context, like mm. where you're asking and how you're asking, um, to the like, I guess relevancy to the person, and to try do as much research as possible because there would have been people who've been paid to answer that question, literally, and they've written about it, yeah. sp- talked about it. Okay, yeah, yeah because I fi- I feel like with in kind of. I, I don't have another word to say, but normal like situations where you're just friends on the same level, you ask personalized things. You ask if, if Mukunda has now told me or shown me a bit of her culture, then I ask, Oh, and then I can delve into her culture. But, but where mm. someone has made the beacon um, for the, a whole ent- a group, um, then I think that the questioning is lazy. Mm. Yeah. That I like that. So as a white person, I think that would be, cause look, I have those kinds of questions. Those very, um, level one questions too yeah. about other cultures. Yeah, I have them about Islam. I have them about um, people of color who are like people who are not white, but also might not identify as people of color who are kind of mm. yeah in their own separate group. Which I think of East Asians. I think mm. I don't know if Chinese people identify as people of color. I don't know if like Koreans mm. do, and I and I mean I don't know. Mm. And that's a question I'd have. So I'm also I have questions that are. Um, definitely basic and definitely can come off as offensive. I've not asked any of my Muslim friends. I've not asked any of my East Asian friends because I'm thinking, I know for a fact Quora and Reddit is going to have, I can go somewhere anonymous 
and they will hold space for me because mm. they know I've come here as an anonymous person because I'm a little embarrassed that this is my question, mm. but it needs to be answered. Mm-hmm. Also, you're, you're, if you think of, you know, picture an Asian friend that you have, like, would you ask them why all Asians, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But it, so if it came to it, you, you know, you'd say so-and-so like, do you identify as a person of color? Oh, can, do you mind if I interrogate that with you? Like, or, you know what I mean? Like you would make it, it would be personal and it wouldn't be about the group. I see, yeah. And I think that's the thing that's not... The specificity is something that complicates black identities for black people and yeah. for everybody else. Yeah. The fact that um, this man saw me as... Because I'm black, despite being Ugandan and Jamaican, all the same thing. You can kind of ask them. They'll all know. They have a network and they all kind of yeah. share similar culture. And we do not. And I want to have an episode about this, about how as much as... <laughs> As much as the internet has made it a monoculture, African-Americans and even probably in the subsects of like African-Americans from New Orleans, from or Creole uh, descent, mm-hmm. etc., are different to Africans. And within Africa, we're all different. And we have to stop over-identifying with African-American mm. um, scripting because that is not our story. Mm. And that complicates our relationship to like racism, trauma, and body politics, because mm. when we look in our context, we don't have the same struggles. And yeah. that's okay to acknowledge. Yeah. But yeah. it's so complicated because what we say is, oh, he's from Turkey. He's from Poland. She's black. He's a, And we don't add specificity. Yeah. Like blackness. For me, blackness is, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. And without whiteness, it becomes even more complicated. Mm. Because without whiteness, I don't believe there is blackness. I think it's always... I think the races are always in contrast with one another, mm. especially blackness. Do you think white, so whiteness brought the races, basically? The concept of whiteness brought yeah, the separation? because when you think about it, do you think like mum and dad identify as black? No. What is black? They're yeah. Ugandan and they're yeah. from their specific tribe. They identify yeah. as a, from a tribe. Yeah. Black, that idea of, oh, I'm black, you're white. It's not prevalent no. in a lot of black countries. Yeah. It just isn't. Um, mm. So it's, so I think, yeah, be careful not to adopt. I just think we shouldn't adopt struggles that aren't ours. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Let's talk about... Let's talk about... White people who say they are allies, but don't really do anything with their privilege. Mm. Because privilege, mm. I have some points on this. I have a flippin' point. Go. I just think it's a safe space to be. Like, it's, if you don't say you're an ally, then publicly or socially, you're an idiot. Like, I just think it's the cool thing to say. Mm. If you're not an ally, you better say you're an ally. Otherwise, like, why aren't you an ally? Aren't you intelligent? I see. It's social capital. There we go. I think the confusion of being an ally and is the confusion with what racism means. So people think racism is a very active, deliberate behavior. Right. So because I haven't stomped out a black child, because I haven't spat at a brown person, because I haven't like actively denied them work or thwarted their efforts to make money, then I'm not racist. Because I'm not the one that stole the land. Yeah, I'm not the one that stole the land. So there's a confusion of what racism is. Um, and confusion of how, how it works like systematically, it's systemic, Mm. um, and it's institutionalized and by virtue of being alive as a white person, even if you didn't even, 
Even if you didn't do anything, even if you haven't spoken, said a word, taken your first step, you have contributed. In the same way, me, even if I didn't buy from Amazon, even if I didn't, by virtue of being alive and being born middle class, I've already contributed to the problem. Mm. Just because of the ripple effects. So I think um, white people are very confused about what that means. I think also this idea of being liberal. And I think it's called being centrist. Where essentially you're like, you don't have a stance. You're like, okay, no, I think it's it's super shitty that like America dogged Iran. But it's also super shitty that Iran should retaliate. Like, let's just have peace, guys, in the middle. Like, no one should do anything. And that kind of like, let's just stay in the middleness. Mm. Which is honestly... Me, me a lot of the time <laughs> that sounds very much like me what it does is unfortunately that it always sways to the, the the side of the oppressor because it's always the oppressor attacking and when the um oppressed respond that's now seen as the violence yeah that's now, now, now. where yeah that's where we must be reasonable yeah be the bigger person come on shake hands so i think it's that is exhausting and i think what w- the work you just to pause you there like mm. that's so unfair like that's exactly what happened in my opinion here for you know in apartheid uh-huh. so there was all this brutality it was at 200 years and then you know we have independence but now all the black people must now 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 we must toe the line guys come on new south africa new south africa hey like, come on guys people are living in squalas it's all for our way today mm. yeah 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 so it's yeah it's wild for sure and that comes to the, the comment about white people not knowing how much they don't know about whiteness yeah. because it's blinkers because to be white is the objective um neutral position all the time mm. um and that's not to your f- well it is to your favor i was going to say it's not to your favor it actually is mm. um but long term detriment could it be yeah. I think, look, on a spiritual level, yes, but it depends how you live. Karma's gonna get you. Yeah, karma's gonna get you um, when it does. I do think using your privilege... I think white people have to actively be interested in, like, dismantling Mm. racism. And that's hard to do when you benefit so much from it. I benefit from capitalism... And I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, am I trying to dismantle? Wait, so how about if... Okay, good. So this goes for this goes for white people and us capitalist bitches. And what everybody. Ha- and ev- okay, but my question. Um, but what happens if you are just a baby girl and you want to live your life? I'm just a little... A white baby girl and I just want to live my life and be happy and like do my thing and like heal cr- with crystals and stuff. Like, like yeah. wh- you like how... Basically, I think what I'm asking is like, so how do I or why do I need to be actively dismantling racism? And um, where does it like, where does it ever stop? How far does it go? Mm-hmm. Like, it just sounds tiring. Mm-hmm. And I just want like, are, are white people now in this like trap? They were born into a trap. Yeah. And that's a question. Someone else had a white person was quite overwhelmed. They said. Um, for want of a better word, they're woke. They're aware of how much whiteness is trash and whiteness is terrorism. Whiteness as an institution, not every white person. And now they're like, well, am I forever indebted to fix every person of color's life? That's overwhelming too. Um, Where does my work stop? I understand that. Um, And we're talking about, let's talk about kombucha whites. So you just want to have your, you know, your brew with probiotics and active algae in it. You want to do your yoga. You want to live waste-free. You want to be kind to the person who does your groceries. You want to tip your waiter a little bit extra. The black guy does your garden a bit extra. You're good to people. Is that not enough? In my opinion, I think everyone can do what they want to do. I don't think it's... 
I think if you want to be, if, if you're white and you don't want to care, please don't. Like you must do what you want to do. Mm. Um, so I'm speaking to the white people who are tortured souls in the middle of, I feel so guilty about racism, but I'm not going to do anything. That's a trash place to be. Um, you know, you'd rather do one or the other with your chest. Like, don't be guilty and keep living with blinkers or be aware and know how you can make a difference within your range. Mm. It's not nice to be tortured in the middle, right? Guilt, for me, it's not a positive driver. So, and having said all of that, like, everything comes with consequences. So, like, mm. just, that's it. It does. And so your question is, um, yeah, where does the work stop? Where does it start? Like, what's mm. a manageable... I'm t- literally, I'm 26, I was born in 93. My ancestors, ancestors were on their bullshit for hundreds and thousands of years. Mm. I can't undo all that in my short, short, small, small life. Mm. Yes, you cannot undo all of that. So the small things you can do, I think ideally, in my opinion, it matters to be present with your like friends of color. Mm. And so when your friends are telling you, like, I feel you're not listening when I complain. You're debating me, but you haven't done research. Instead of, like, listening to respond, just for a second, suspend disbelief and believe that what they're saying is true. Like, right. believe what they're saying isn't a lie to attack you. Yeah. That maybe you actually might be gaslighting or you mm. might be coming from a space of ignorance. Mm. Actually listening to people is really the first step. And then I think deciding what's manageable and what makes you intersecting with what makes Mm. you feel good Mm. if what's manageable is to talk to your white friends who make that odd joke at the like party Mm. who say that weird thing at pre-drinks if that's your range to pull them aside and call them out um or to do your twitter activism then do that if your range is further if it is to protest if it is legislation if it is to go ham in those ways then please do that like do Mm. whatever's within your range Um, But being guilty and doing nothing only hurts you. And that's not anyone's goal. Mm. Like, believe it or not, to some of the... There's this white fear that, like, the blacks are out to get them. I don't even know if black people are organized enough to be out to get (laughs) white people. Can we just say that? Like, I don't think we've mobilized enough. I don't think we're organized enough with our finances. We definitely don't have guns. We definitely don't have any gunpowder. We've been so divided. We're still fighting each other. Thank you, colonialism. We just don't have anything. Like, we wouldn't... Trust me, we're not coming for your next anytime soon. Not in a mass way, okay? Like, we might attack a farm or two, but, like, that's also... It's just not organized, so don't worry. (laughs) If you're not on a farm in SA, you're pretty much safe. As it's anyway, it's <laughs> so messed up. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. It's a mess. It's all mm-hmm. a mess. Um, so that's what it is. It's like just within your range, just do what you want. And if you don't want to do anything, that's also okay. You can face your front and enjoy your small life. <laughs> no one's asking. No one's demand. Well, I'm not demanding that of anyone. Nyaki, someone's really fed up with um their white friends because of the casual racist remarks that are played off as jokes. Oh my gosh, you literally, I was just thinking about a friend I used to have mm. um, when I lived in the racist capital. Which is where? Oh, Pre- Pretoria. Pretoria. Sorry. <laughs> Pretoria, South Africa. Yeah, literally, it's just like the racist ha- haven. Um, Yeah, and there was a lot of that. Um, And yeah, I just, I chose what to put up with because fuck, I needed friends. Otherwise I'd be on my own because I was mm. like the one black in my, you know, uh, in my circle. Anyway, so the question was like how how to deal with that or how do I feel about it or what are my comments on it? Casual racism is Mm. frustrating, but can you break it down? What is casual racism? Can you give an example Mm. um, and why is it like hurtful? Just use that example because I think sometimes, yeah, white people are well-meaning, but they don't understand why suddenly 
you know, I have a black friend, we're both middle class, we both mm. experience that other kind of black person the same way, but now mm. you're annoyed that I've made a joke about it. Mm. Well, okay, so uh, one example that I have, which might seem very simple um, on the surface, was um, my friend, like, never really made an effort or would make fun of my name. So, like, would always call me, like, Nyamkumbula or, like, really sort of butcher my name, mm. um, especially in company, like, just for fun. Um, so, and it, it goes back to, like, not putting the effort to learn something that's different um, than, than theirs, but specifically black different because they all know Tchaikovsky and Sw- Swarovski and, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, for me... I interpreted that as that that is casual racism to me and everyone would have a chuckle and like, yes, the, the you know, little black girl's name is not worth knowing. So her existence isn't worth taking seriously and mm. it's okay to make her the butt of the joke. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's an example. So yeah, I think, um, I think it's complicated by, class i think sometimes like in south africa i have shared experiences negative experiences of black people within my class i'm middle class to middle upper within my class and in different classes right working class black people Mm. uh but i when and white people have the same experiences but when there is a sensitivity in knowing that I can complain about black people to my sister, but I don't do that with people who aren't black mm. because they, you'll take an arm. What is it? Take and give them an oh, inch. Oh yeah. And they take, uh, give them a hand and they take the arm. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's complicated. Mm. It's really complicated because we have to talk about class as well. Um, but I think, it's so hard if casual racism is like one of the lighter forms of racism on the spectrum but it is so hard and it could be considered a microaggression it is so hard to pick out because it is so socially acceptable especially because it's stooped and like i'm being benevolent i'm trying to make you laugh it's a joke i thought we all laughed at blackness because blackness is a bad thing and I don't really consider you black because you're my friend and you're smart and you're cool. You're not like the other blacks. So for your for white people, for you as a white person to interrogate your casual racism, you have to start thinking about the ways you see what blackness means to you and what whiteness means to you. And is one good and is one bad? And are you trying to commune with your black friends by laughing at blackness because you believe they've transcended it? So... It's hard to, when you look, when we all look at our own racism, where do you begin? It's like a a snake eating its own tail, right? Mm. At what point do you, what's an entry point? I don't really have an answer. I think you just have to start and be overwhelmed at the beginning. Mm. Um, But it's all very complex. I mean, I I do want to discuss, and all of this applies to people of color and towards black people, because every single uh, community is anti-black. So even though I've said POC, we're not all in this together. Um, we're not all buddy buddies. I see you, Arabs. I see you, Indians. I see you, and I know there's specific, um, I know we can divide Arab into the different sectors, but for honestly, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> you, if you, if, here we go. Oh, no, no. Honestly, if, if someone from Iran or someone from Iraq, if they both call me a sand nigger, why must I differentiate? <laughs> Let us, yeah. And that is what it is. So yes, I know I could be more specific, but to be honest, to whose benefit? 
you're on specific with me. So <laughs> why should I be specific with you? <laughs> you really just popped off. I know, I popped off there. Just to say, because I think I just don't want to make it seem like um, POC can exhale and be like, yeah, it's the whites. No, it's also yeah. you guys, by the way. Okay? It's also you guys. Actually, that is a very important point. I think for, for everyone to remember is that there is a hierarchy. There is um, there is a pyramid. There is a ladder. And black women are always at the bottom. Um, and to remember that wherever you fall, no matter how oppressed you are, if you're not a black woman, there is someone that's more oppressed than you. Um, and just to remember that and to be aware to be aware of that. Uh, in this country, um, in South Africa, it's for me, it's easy to like grasp, or I think it stands out a lot because there are a lot of black women, and it you can mm-hmm. you come across them a lot, a lot, right? But in other places where they aren't, um, yeah, I just yeah. I just think it's so important. It's been always a shock for me when other people of color have been racist towards me. It's like, but Mm, you're shaking, but wait, the white people hate you too. Let's take that a step further because does the fact that the black woman is at the bottom of the totem pole, um, well to us anyway, it's at the bottom of the totem pole. Oh, and then when you're in the black woman class thing, then there's class and there's class and there's ability, disability. Yeah. Does that give black people a pass? Because no. Well, then how is it fair? How come a pass? What? Okay, okay, okay. How about you ask your full question yeah. before I interrupt you? I feel like. So do we all know that we're all racist? First of all, if you don't, I'm telling you now. So just think about it, and you can come to any conclusion. But the actual right answer is that yes. Okay, I you have a question racist. about that. Go ahead. I have philosophical friends that mm. say black people cannot be racist because racism is a, a function of power and black mm-hmm. people don't have the power. Yes. Um, that's not, I think that's, yeah. And even if you're not in those philosophical circles, that's like a very widely held truism, Excuse I guess. Excuse me. Uh, just, uh, I mean, I don't think you, <laughs> you don't have to be I an I have um philosophical friends, to... bitch. Yes, I, I've heard that one. Okay, so and then. I understand. Mm. I understand. But for me, okay. I love holding myself to account. Right. And I am trying to be mindful of anything that feels like a get out of jail free card. Okay. By saying that I can't be racist, what do I think that's absolving me of? There are still structures in place. Um, the intersections of class, like I can't be racist, but if there's an Indian person who has much less than me, I know I have power. There's a way I can exert my power that they can't. And I don't have to interrogate that if I always think I'm at the bottom, I'm at the bottom, I'm at the bottom. It's, it's, it's layered. Right. If I meet somebody who's working class um, from Poland, got no arms, got no legs and is a poor person on the streets in London, I do have more power in certain circumstances. And so the dynamic is always shifting and black people need to be held to account as well um, for the ways we treat insert every intersection. Because my biggest gripe is nearly a lot of my black friends will say things like, oh, I'm not into Asian dudes. I don't like, nah, it's not my type. And it's normal, hey? It's a very normal, you don't even, you didn't even bat an eyelid, Nyak. It's a very normal thing that people say. I did bat an eyelid. You didn't bat just, did you? I was batting my <laughs> eyelids, everyone. <laughs> Guys. Guys. Every, nearly every si- white people say that kind of thing. So many people talk about Asians and that like, oh yeah, no, Asian men, like, no, they're wimpy, they're this or that, no, I'm not interested, like, they're not my type. And that's not ever questioned, right? I think and when i ask my black friends i say well that sounds very racist um even though you say that's your type do we understand that types are informed by racism and are informed by um just racial tropes and like hollywood was a big player in how we look at um like south asian bodies 
Mm. It's always the uncle's bobbing his head as the Indian guy. Like, the, is it Bapu or Apu or Appa from Appa. from where? I forgot my Simpsons. Bit. The oh. Simpsons. Look, look how that informed. Like, always this guy who owns a bodega, who owns a corner shop, who like speaks in a certain accent and like does his head in a certain way. Like, we let's all let's just discuss, guys. Even though you're at the, you consider yourself at the bottom. Even though you're a black woman, let's still unpack. Let's still discuss. I know we're tired because we're always being stomped on by the very people we're trying to unpack our own racism for. Like, while I'm doing this, Indians are still consistently so oppressive to black people. But that doesn't matter. I can't measure myself by them. I can't. That is not the standard whatsoever. So for me, yes, Nyaki, um, sure, okay, black people can't be racist if we think about it in a structural way, but that means that means that's in one way. There's every other way that we are. We have internalized anti-blackness, um, prejudice towards people of other colors. Mm, okay. Like, how is it? It's so easy for a black person to be like, ha ha, Chinese people eat dogs. Chinese people this and that. Chinese people, and that's not interrogated. Like, that's fun. That's funsies. But then we have a lot to say when it's back to us. And it's like, I know that I understand. Like, I understand the friction. I understand we're frustrated. I understand we've been dogged by all these people. But like, quietly just know that you can't hold yourself to that standard. Like, you have to want better for yourself. That's how I feel. What are your thoughts on that? Like, on black people being prejudiced? Because I know how I talk in this home with you privately. (laughs) My racism jumps out all the time. My prejudice jumps out all the time. I know what I'm saying about all these groups of people and like the jokes that are funny to me that I won't take out of like the room with you. Look, we live in very different households. I don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) Um, It's just me. It's just just... me in my room. My post of Azealia Banks. I'm just like spitting racist stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, more, more, more. (laughs) Yeah, man, you know... So I know what I want for me. Okay. The easiest way for me is to divide reality into two. Okay. There's my world and what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. And then there is like the politic, like my, the world out there that either I should fit into or that, you know, intellectually is right or whatever. Um, so my world honestly is the irritating kind of white girl trope, the right word like that, like mantra of like, we're all the same. It's fine. Like, we're all equal. Blah, blah, blah. Like all of us, um, that we're, we're souls and there is no blah, 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 yes, blah. And, yeah. and that prejudice is prejudice is prejudice. And yes, there is history and yes, there is baggage and hurt and millennial. Um, no, we haven't been around that long. Oh no, we have, um, like Generational. trauma, what? generational trauma, generational trauma. Um, but, but every individual and in every lifetime responsibility is their own. And mm-hmm. that my hatred or anger, no, no matter towards who is processed by me first and therefore it's my soul that disintegrates because of my actions. So it's not worth upholding the political stance um, or the political the anger or, you know, mm-hmm. towards any one group. And so it, it is towards my benefit to see everyone as an equal soul um, and to, to get rid of divisions, whether they are color, class, um, country, ability, sexual orientation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't, I mean, that's not like the intellectual view. No, but that's, um, I know how you've divided that. And like, that's your, so you have like a goal for where, where your empathy extends to, which is like in line with your, like your soul's goal, which is that everybody deserves like love and, and kindness. Yeah. Regardless. And yeah. that's what's, and I just think also, that's the thing when we look at the, 
Like, yeah, okay. So the most suspected person in America is a black woman. Mm. That was by um, Malcolm X. That person wasn't talking about you, like middle upper class person who's in a seven bedroom home. Your parents own like a gold mine. Um, They got to send you to foreign countries to study. And now you're just going to get a job from nepotism, right? So so, So I think this is all very contextual, right? So our class shifts and our privileges shift depending on the spaces we're in. I'm middle class um, financially more than socially when I'm in England and I'm middle upper class in South Africa, uh, I would say socially more than financially. Financially, I'm more middle. But I'm talking about people like me whose parents were able to send them to schools abroad, who I came to South Africa, a crumbling job market, and literally just because of my access, because of my accent, I was able to talk my way into a job Nobody double-checked my credentials. I didn't have the skill set. Nobody, I don't think I even had papers. Like, I didn't have, like, national papers I needed. But that wasn't, my credibility wasn't checked because I had this accent. And accents have a certain privilege in South Africa, um, probably like they do in England, where you can, in the UK, where you you ascribe a class to how somebody sounds. And even when I went into that office, um, when I started my job, my boss had told all my other coworkers that we're getting someone from England, so they're really going to work. And pitting up the good black me versus the other blacks who she was kind of describing as lazy. So that is the kind of privilege I'm talking about that shifts. Does privilege mean you're a bad person? No. Does it mean you've not suffered? No, I've suffered loads. My family suffered loads. It means that you just don't suffer in certain areas or you suffer less. That's all that means. And so when I talk about um, black people in big houses and who have access, who have passport privilege, who can travel, who study abroad, their parents have investments. It's not to demonize. What it's saying is Malcolm X probably wasn't speaking to you. These were texts written for people who didn't have the access and the intersections that you have. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing. It just means let's hold ourselves to those standards. Let's quietly be cognizant of the fact that we're from a very different intersection. That means we shouldn't be hiding behind these texts that were made for poor black people, working class black people, if you're not working class. I am not working class. In England, some of these texts apply much more because socially, I do not have the same capital as South Africa. South Africa, I'm super privileged here. It's really nice. England, it's different. It's a schlag. I'm in the trenches a little bit more. And so recognizing that doesn't take away power from me. If anything, it enables me to hold myself accountable at my level rather than um, behind the kind of blanket state, the the blanket... um, suffering of blackness that was actually about working class, lower class, poor people. And I'm not one of those. So that's what I mean by that statement. Let's just be mindful not to hide behind the politics that was made for the poor working class black person, because that is not you. Mm. So you have to also start doing work. Mm. Um, Let's not be, let's not use white people as a measure because then we'll never move. You know, will never move. This is the thing. Waiting for them to, first of all, learn, then understand, then accept, then catch up, then change. Hi. It's going to be generations more. So, yeah. yeah, yeah so hold yourself to you're account. actually right. We, and, and I guess our liberation, I feel like my liberation is my own. And I really can't wait for white people to accept me or to pay me the same or whatever. I literally just need to keep it pushing for myself. Um, and hopefully that that will ripple out to to the Mm. people that I care about and love and, and other people anyway. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And that's the struggle at your intersection as Nyak, middle, middle upper, et cetera, et cetera. So hella cute, hella cute. Yeah. And popping. Yeah. If that was not 
so I give less of a pass for racism, un, uninterrogated racism at our level of middle classness. As a working class person, if you're a till person and oh, every fuck, yeah. and every day you serve Indian people and every day they shit to you, do what you need to do, sweetie. Mm. Use the names you need to use. You have got a different struggle at a different level. That's not um not to do with me. Mm. I'm at a very different place and mm. I can hold myself to account in a different way than you will hold yourself to account. Mm. But there still is accountability mm. for every single level. And you know what? And maybe, uh, I mean, from the outside, so the conversation I would like to have really with, you know, with that person is how does it make you feel? And whatever the answer is, is like to follow the feeling that leaves you in a better place. Like, so if shouting out that rude um, white customer mm. makes you feel better, like you genuinely you're lighter. You feel better from it. Nigga, you need to do that shit. Like, but if it doesn't, then do something else, but make it for you so that you can have an easier um, way. Mm. Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, just trying to relate to it, then walking around, like everything is, I used to just hate, I used to be so angry towards every single white person I saw. And I remember feeling oh, or being physically shocked when, um, you know, an older white man with a beard and he's, you know, khaki shorts or whatever, would just be nice to me. I'd be like, what is wrong with this man? Like, yeah. I don't Land understand. Land jacket too. Like, ooh. Yeah, which is the, for those that don't know, it's the... Stereotype of these farm owners who are like hard, yes. hardy and hardcore. Yeah, Africana farm yeah. owners. And yeah, so you have to absolutely do what brings you peace. And honestly, if it's to fight or to, you know, to not to fight, you have to follow one of those things. There's this video of this, this white woman... <laughs> She went into a store, God knows where in America, and she called them naggers. And then... I remember that. The black... <laughs> as she was walking out in her kitten heels and a little bag, this black man came from behind the counter and lifted her and threw her to the ground. Oh, beautiful. And Americans are different. So she now she's telling all of us she broke all her bones. She had brain bleed and she's all sorts. So she, you know, she had to go into surgery. She had a brain bleed. She... <laughs> a brain bleed. So she... I mean, that probably felt really good for that person to do. Mm. Um, and are there consequences for both of them? There yeah. are consequences for her. Yeah. She broke her neck. Yeah. Of course, I'm a nagger. You, you get your neck broken. And also, if you respond in that way, there's also like responses yeah. too. But um, can I say that I'm happy for him? Like, I think... You can. I think he need. I, I'm happy for him. I think he and did I'm what he really wanted to too. do. Yeah, like you happy for her. She got it them, out. <laughs> she yeah, got, the, and she got what she wanted. She yeah. probably thought it was savages anyway, so she got her spinal cord ripped out. And, and there you go. Then she found a savage reaction. Exactly. I that's what she perfect. wanted to. Honestly, I just believe. I believe in like this divine, um, like synergy of the universe. Yeah. Like we needed those two people to wild out so that we could. Am I saying it wrong? To no. wild. So we needed those two people to wild out so that we could see them. Like it's also it's also for us whether we need to learn, grow, whatever in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. They had to be who they really were. So like so we know who we are in relation to just new information. So everyone be who they are and let's everyone see how we meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah. With literally. fists, maybe with words. Yeah. We'll see. All running away to Australia. You're about that. So there were so many responses from Australians being like, "Yeah, the white South Africans they're the worst. They're <laughs> absolutely trash." Um, and while that is factual, kidding. And people were like, yeah, they are trash, but why do you think trash attracts trash? Like, why do you think they came to you? Like, think about it. Wait a minute. So it's very interesting. Yeah, people respond. People were like, and, and, point being, like, why do you think they came to Australia? You guys are the OGs of savagery. People, so it was come really by interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was interesting. Wow. Um, that really got me thinking. I was like, wow. About the levels. Hmm. Let me keep that thought to myself. Should we move on to the white response or the white questions or whatever? Yes, let's move on to those. 
What girls and gays? So we're getting on to your responses. I absolutely love these. Okay, so let's go to the white people's responses. About what makes being friends with a POC person hard. And I really want to get into all of these. So Are you going to rapid fire a few? I really want... Let's, I really want to get into these. Let's okay. see. You stop me when you think there's a point to be made. Okay, let's go. I love the way you wrote whites. You're so <laughs> irreverent, Mukundwa. Oh, yeah. Because another thing, I'm a, I'm a big believer we must say white as often as possible so that white people can know that they also too have a race. Oh, shit, bitch. You know? that they don't is think so... of themselves as white. They're just people. Then you're black. You're this. That is so powerful. So you must always say white. Always. Because... Where did you get that from? Where was I when you learned that? Oh, in uni. When I'd say white and people would be offended. Oh. When I was told a woman said she'd raise a court case against me. I remember that was amazing at work for saying she had white privilege. I was like, are you literally a buffoon? (laughs) Okay. So someone said, I don't think being friends with POC is hard. Um, except if they want to do stuff with their community and I can't be invited. (laughs) (laughs) So I understand. Bitch. Hey, don't try to enter everyone's box, man. That's okay. The reason why that's hard. So this, okay. At this point, I feel like black people, this might be an annoying, um, section of the podcast where we are going to talk about and human and, and sincerely answer white people's, yeah. um, issues with being friends with us. If this is annoying, it's annoying, but it, it, it but has to there. happen. Like, yeah, no. If they're not saying it to you, they've written it to Mukundwa. So Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's very important. Yeah. Let's answer them as quickly as we can. So we can get through so many. Uh, they're, they're so interesting. Okay. I don't think, okay. So not being invited to community stuff. I think that's a really hard thing when you're so used to being invited to every space. Mm. So I think the learning curve here is realizing this is how everybody else lives. Who's not like a white woman is that there's spaces you can't enter. Um, And so you might feel attacked, but just know it's the norm. No, all of us have that except to an even like worse degree. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to be not invited to a party. Blackness does seem really cool. And it is really cool. Honestly, I believe I'm with the winning team. It's really fun. I honestly feel so lucky. There's so many times I thought, oh, thank, like I could have been born into any body. Like, thank goodness I'm a black woman. We have access to an incredible and everything, just everything nice um, and everything good. And Mm. and, and people of color do too. Mm. So I understand the the desire and maybe even the envy and that's okay mm-hmm. sit with it it's fine that's okay don't worry about that okay someone said i sound like an idiot due to um a lot of ignorance i have because i don't have sorry i sound like an idiot or ignorant a lot due to lack of understanding or di- same experiences and i feel like it's annoying for my poc friends a lack of understanding of same experiences yeah like a lack i sound like an idiot because i just they'll say level one stuff about racism and i won't know and i'll like come with my basic questions Mm. and like that's frustrating i think for them i think facts take a cue do your googles maybe but also just ask them be like okay where's the line for you like let's have a protocol if i have a uh what i consider a dumb white person question let's have a protocol how to ask like what would you like me to start with and then your black friend or poc friend will say say can i ask are you in the headspace can i ask you like just start an actual um, what do you call that? A, a template. Do you, you did want? you ask or or find any of your listeners just avoid being friends with black people because of all the work it'll take? Huh. I'm sure some. I don't think it's hard. I don't think. No, I did not find that. I haven't gone through these responses um, before this. 
But I also think because of the way like segregation is built into like architecture, I don't think you try to not have black friends. I think you don't unless you make an effort. Mm. You try to not have POC friends. You don't unless yeah. you make an effort. It's Having just... black or oh, people of color friends is the effort. you make. Yeah. Unless you're in a country like um, predominantly black or brown. No, dude. Even there, they find themselves, eh? Oh, no, that's a concerted effort. To find each other. To find, yeah. So if they're only... Like in Uganda. Yeah, white people find each other. That's a concerted effort. Now no, you... it's not. Like, imagine the, the situations that they're in. They don't come and go to public school. They don't come and... They, they've come in their expa- expatriate, like, circles. They've mm-hmm. come as part of the UN or the whatever, all these international bodies where there are other whites there. And it's just so... E- the, the white people are there. So they stick with the white people. Like, mm. still in those... I think even there they have to make an effort. Like it's very rare or in my experience that a white person has come and just been part of the community. Also they're there mm. and has to search for another white. No. Should, and it's okay if we go over, um, if, if we don't get everything, we'll part to it, darling. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, so sh- do you reckon should white people all make an effort to make friends with people who are not white? Oh, I think, hmm. The thing is, okay, no, the reason why I'm, so, the answer that comes first is yes, hell yes. And then I think I, I turn it back to myself and like, should I try to make friends with people that I have privilege over? Um, and <laughs> suddenly it changes, eh? <laughs> suddenly it changes. No. And for me, it's just not fun because my safety comes into question. That's just being honest because, it, because it gets into class levels and areas that I don't know how to navigate. And as a black woman, there is a big vulnerability. So I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not a white man, you know, going into a place of less privilege. So I have that kind of fear. But I think white people have the same. They just like all black people probably seem like monsters. Mm. So I would say yes. I think where, especially in, a, in an environment like uni or where there really is equal footing um, for the most part or for, you know, to some extent, I think absolutely yes. Um, but like, I wouldn't say, no, you ha- you actually have to go into townships. You must go into townships and make friends. Like if, if you're going to come to physical harm or you don't know or whatever, there's just so many things you don't know how to navigate. Like That's interesting. Isn't mm. it interesting how suddenly it becomes comp, it becomes intricate and um, nuanced when we relate it to ourselves that mm. what, what we're asking white people, can we ask this of ourselves for others? And it's mm. suddenly, Oh, mm, it's complicated safety, this and this, but yeah. like for white people, um, it's considered like black and white, like, no, you need to make an effort there's no excuse. And it's like, but maybe there is in the same way, in the same way, the attitudes we have towards poor people and working class people, Mm. white people have towards black people. So why should that be any different? Well, hmm. why should white people be friends with black people? If they think all we're going to do is plant weed in their socks and get them expelled from school. Because, because, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking of, okay, I'm thinking of all the communities that have white and black people. And they are always like, if in the professional field, there are black people that work alongside white people, vice versa, that are on the same level and their relations can exist. Like it doesn't always have to be this um, big sort of economic gap type difference. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not mm. always an, that extremity. Oh, I so I see. think that I they're see. all, yeah. They're, so you can reach across they, in your same life. Exactly. You don't have to reach up or down. Okay. Understood. That's, <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> That's interesting because it begs a question one do black people even want to be friends with white people like does that one you know does like Sitle in cubicle b really want you to start making an effort and like try be her friend like does she want you anyways as you try to make an effort to be their friend 
does does doesn't being friends with white people come with more complications than it does help than than it does benefits especially i wouldn't say in england especially in south africa where you cannot cannot take that friendship out into larger society it only exists in your context if i make a friend at crossfit it stays within crossfit they're not going to take me to the farm for a farm wedding of a, a cousin what about the mall for coffee that's but darling that's what i mean like even the white friends i have in south africa they don't inv- they don't introduce me to their wider white circles because they are racist because they don't mix with black people it stays our clandestine thing in our, in our houses at coffee shops just me and them it's like why haven't you introduced me to your wider community because they're racist in england for me it was very different white people yes are still racist they're still very especially like the liberal circles um i would run in just don't know about whiteness enough and just like aren't they're not clued up enough but that's that's still a more tolerable level um, and that's still a sociably, a socially acceptable level. I could be integrated with the wider society of my liberal white British friends than I could in South Africa. And the difference is? The difference is that here I'm a secret. Like that here, no, your I white friend. Why? Or why? Why? Is oh, it like okay. That? Because in South Africa, it doesn't matter if you have, my white friends who I'm friends with, obviously, are progressive, but their families aren't, their communities aren't, the country isn't. So there's nowhere for our friendship to go. Um, it's the exact same as like in apartheid. If you had um, a person of color and a white person, yeah, you could sure if you could have a relationship, but where would you take it? What's the point if you can't even share this with your your community because they're all backwards? So if okay, so then what? Then what? Like so, what what is twenty years look? What does it look like for my kids? Because I'm ready. I think what I'm trying. <laughs> you're ready for. I am for... Norwegian King? I heard a lot about Norway, by the way. We need to, we need to talk. We need to yeah. think about that. I've kind of moved on to my Colombian King. Colombian. Ever since, ever since that day in the ocean. I think I told you all about this last week. Yeah. Oof. Let's I'm talk ready. about... Just also a brief um, segue from last week. Or from this. Um, you remember when Naki said she smelt my sick? Seven days ago. Now I'm fully on a whole bunch of medicines. I'm actually unwell. So she called it. I did. Mm. Wasn't personal hygiene. Only. <laughs> Um, what's the point? I think all I'm saying is that when we say white people make an effort to be friends with people of color, that's the real world. Engage with us. You are low-key a minority. Well, high-key a minority. Engage. What's, why would we assume a person of color would ever want to be friends with a white person? All it, they're thinking, the listener at home right now, the Bangladeshi listener is thinking, now I've got a person to babysit. Now I've got to teach you and explain every little thing you don't understand. Now I've got to weather your microaggressions and coddle you and like not be too, I can't, I have to hide certain experiences because you'll feel attacked. It's a babysitting job for a lot of people of color to have a white friend can be considered babysitting. But when white people have black friends, that's not access to culture. That's access to fun. You know, all the cool lingo, you have all the cool Twitter memes. No, no, no. Like you gain something having people of color friends. You don't gain, what do you gain having white friends? Do they give you, Nyaki, do we benefit from white people's nepotism? Do I, I have Jewish friends. Have I been invited to any of their Jewish events where they clearly cute men with that good coin? I've never been integrated like that. They don't integrate. They keep their blood. Mm. So what's the point? Tell me what's the point. What's the benefit? And I'm playing devil's advocate, guys, because I have a lot of white friends. But this is what people are thinking at home. Mm. I wonder if it, yeah, I wonder if it should, it should just go the other way. Like it should be the, the white people putting out. So the white people must invite their um, friends of color to their brides and their dues and their this and that. But they shouldn't expect access to the black people's 
um, homes and food because you know it's spiced <laughs> but well. Darling. I don't, who, what's but the, the thing bi- is, we can't be separated forever. Like, what the fuck is the point? Like, where's the pro? Like, not progress, but like, that's just miserable, man. So while Africans, while we were sunbathing with our titties out, communing with animals, getting water from the ground, having a great time creating culture, and white people were invading each other's lands, killing each other, rip- and cutting each other's throats, bra. and pulling the tongue out like Literally. Drogo did. While they were doing that, we were sunbathing. So w- tell me what has into okay spiritually. Let's not talk about spiritually, right? Okay, you can add sp- a spiritual level just now. Bitch, you know I'm coming. But explain to me what integration specifically has done for any person of color. The brown folks in Australia, what did it do? Shipping a whole bunch of the white people, what did it do for them? Well, for me, I'm now sitting in a home with a garden and a cat, as opposed to in my village. Darling, but in your it's in your village is only a shitty place to be because you have the contrast of capitalism that promises you that a high rise building with rats, which they don't mention, is somehow better than being in a village where you eat organic, cancer rates yeah. low to none. To none. Hmm. You, and of course there were issues because men existed and because um yeah, people have like proclivities for cruelness, women too, queer people too, of course. But I think Bobo planted the seed. So well done, Bobo. She asked I me, I know, Bobo, I know. where's my sister? What have you done my, with her? My optimistic sister. She asked me once what the benefit or point of integration was. And I thought, I had never thought about that. Because I was like, of course we have to, we all have to live alongside each other. You know, it's normal. But then I thought, I try to think of who gained what. And I'm not really, it's not adding up. Do you know what I've gained? No, I... no, no. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what's that what? oh. gained with <laughs> integration? Yeah, tell <laughs> us. butterfly black. Well, I have yoga now. I have... I'm serious. I have meditation. Darling, we had our own practices. We had our own (laughs) shit before yoga. Yoga was also for brown people, like white people. It was from India, and they still called you a sand nigger anyways. So the Indians weren't going to, like, give you yoga. None of that was credit to the whites. That was all about integrating with other Asian cultures. What? Yoga? The the yoga and the meditation. I know, but what I mean is that with the caste system, like, you're still a coon there. Like, they don't, nobody wants you but your own people. Please know that from right now. Yes. On a systematic, on, yes. a, on like a systems level, okay? Not on an interpersonal. Interpersonal, yeah, we're cool with yeah. everybody, right? Do you know what's so sad is that that's exactly what, um, I think I can say it, my dad used to say about being a foreigner in South Africa. Like, no matter how, um, how much you integrate and whether you get the citizenship and everything to local South Africans, you will always be a foreigner. Um, and that came out in the xenophobic attacks. Don't know why I had to put that in there. No, so that's important. I think so too. I mean, so it's with every community, hey. I think so. You're one like, of them until shit shit gets a bit tight, until resources become a little finite. Yeah. Then suddenly we know where you're from. But the thing is, so I get what you're saying, but what is the alternative? Mm. Like, is it better? Like, I'm. Is it better mm, to just okay. stick within my Ugandan circle? Mm. In the like, it's okay. I feel like it's boring. Like mm. there are so many benefits. Yes, there's a lot of downsides and I will never be one of them, whoever the the other is, but I've gained so much and I can do so much and I can, so maybe, maybe speaking to my ancestors, um, you know, with, in whatever way I needed to, maybe that wouldn't have been as fun for me as meditating and chanting and, you know, this specific way of speaking to my ancestors, Mm. which I found fun. And maybe yoga is more fun to me than whatever we did for physical upkeep, you know, back then or in my own culture or Mm. so I'm in my own personal, I can only talk about my own personal capacity for Mm. the collective. Again, I cannot speak for everyone because there is no evidence of 
No, oh, there's little evidence on a systemic level of the positive impacts of <laughs> of white people coming. Yeah. On a systemic level. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just complicated. It is complicated. And I think my ultimate point, I think this is a great conversation to have um, about like who did integration serve. Also, be- what I think is unfair, though, is because we only do have one story because mm. it only it only could go one way and it didn't go the way of let the local people develop as they would. And so exactly. we don't know what the alternative would have been. Um, I do feel like it would have been much better than what we have now. I do not think we would have been pillaging the earth um, as we are now. I think that the sustainable way that we're living would have continued. Um, so I do think it would have been lots better. Um, but look, I got the good end of the stick and I happen to be middle, upper class and... My life is good. Middle to middle upper. It's, I really got, don't you understand You got a way to die in that tax bracket. Am I mi- I'm a middle middle... What? I don't know. I have to ask my South African friends. I don't know what they'd consider us. The class? Yeah. We're solidly middle. We I have access to, to middle, middle upper. We have, yes. We're middle with access to middle upper. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Calling on my upper level mid... <laughs> oh, darling. <laughs> you know what I think? I think it's it's complicated. I think on one hand, as black people especially African-Americans, what we do is... Can you speak for them? Yes. I'll explain why. <laughs> I definitely can. <laughs> They're all locked off but, right now. But she can't speak for Jamaicans. Yeah, I can't speak for Jamaicans, but the, the African-Americans, <laughs> them, and they do this, um, is romanticize what black histories were. <laughs> romanticize what homeland is romanticize um a history that uh, yeah a history a dream interrupted mm-hmm. which was like africanness from africa uh-huh. do you wanna, did you want to uh, no to i understand that i'm just thinking that's literally what i just did and i think i was right but when i think about it our great grandmother her husband died and she was about to be inherited by his brother. Mm. And she was like, no, not for me. And she moved and had a life of her own. So there were already practices which were... Don't, don't sound fair at all. I don't want to be inherited by anybody. So if it wasn't the whites, it would have been the men. Basically, that was to serve men. And if she wasn't married to her, her husband's brother, she would have been... Some other man would have eaten her up. And then there are these, yeah, there are these um, practices of burying wives with, with your dead husbands. So I think there was cruelty before white people entered because mm. of, I think, the human condition. Mm. So while black people we romanticize and like dream of what we would be like without white people, it was still ghetto times if you were, like, imagine being, like, if you were a queer boy. Mm. And, to, and actually no who knows no. actually because i think we looked at sexuality differently we so. looked very differently and in I can't fact say that. um people that were either bisexual or queer were um seen to have like special gifts and they would be consulted i think it's i don't know if Which it's just culture our culture i'm trying What's to remember our, our culture I, I don't know if it was specifically our like bachiga culture uganda though i i'm trying to remember i know it was <laughs> some black, some black some black some black somewhere there we some go there we have somewhere. it somewhere I think it might have been even, um, but yes. So they they had it's almost like they had a connection to the male and the female, and they were revered and gone to for advice and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's so pros and cons. There was a saying in our culture that if you don't, um, if your husband doesn't beat you, doesn't love you. Um, wow. So you know we've got there were issues before and there'll be issues after, 
And this begs the question of does, is whiteness, not white people, but like, no, no, well, white people actually, do white people have an inherent um, proclivity for terrorism or is that actually a human condition and it just happens to be that white people got there first because they had different conditions that we would all, we all terrorize each other. And if it weren't the white people, it would be the ex people who Literally, did it on a global scale. Honestly, that's what, what I was thinking earlier today. I mean, if it wasn't, I just think white people did get there first. And before that, I mean, here in South Africa, you had King Shaka and all the other Kings and they were fighting and murdering and, doing their thing and pillaging and claiming and so on. And that's how like nations or not nations as we know it now, but like, you know, the Zulu nation was born and their territories and so on and so. And this happened, I know across Africa and probably across the world. And Mm. I mean, that's what happened in the far East as well. All of that. Now it's called brutality because you know, the whites didn't do it, but um, so I just think the whites got here first and they swindled us first. Like they got us before we could get them. Like it, given the, given the chance and given the time, I'm pretty sure we would have spread across Europe as well. Like, I just think it would have happened. I wonder for what though. We had a lot of, we have resources. It's a nice, we, uh, the continent's oh, pretty cushy. True. That is true. Yeah. Sub-Saharan, shame. North Africa, it's a little yeah. pencil, hectic. That's where I think it would have spread from. We're good. Very interesting. Mm. Mind you, all of these hot takes are two girls without doing any research. Oh, none. We're very, we're actually brilliant. We're very brilliant. We're very yeah. smart and thoughtful people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed hearing you speak. Although the only, the only um, groups that I know of, and I don't know much about them, but to be peaceful were the, um, no, there's so many names. I don't know which one is politically, whether it's the Khoisan, the San, or the, I think Boba said, Koi Koi. She said Koi Koi. From what I know of them, they were peaceful. They lived in communion with the earth. Um, they didn't disrupt. They always observed balance and so on. And that's what I understood about the um, native people of Australia as well. The um, Stop there. Yeah, we don't want to yeah. get any names. So, and I don't know about the native so people. So we're also dumb bitches. We don't know names. So we're just not going to say any. Yeah. And white people, That's what, it's that easy. Instead of making the mistake, you know sometimes you can make the mistake. That's how you learn. Or you can just like swallow it and then yeah. quickly Google on this. Go to Cora. Do a quick Google, like ding, ding. quickly. Yeah, don't just say it out loud to have a giggle with your mates in front your of your mates. Yeah, interesting. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, let's move on to the next white question. <laughs> the next white question. We have to leave very soon, though, darling. Oh. So I kind of wanted to. Do you want to? You want to wrap one more? it up then? Okay, I'll do one for you. Understanding that white Americans are not all there is to whiteness. But that if you don't like it. No, I really I dealt with this person. Oh. Essentially what I said, um, so this person said, it's kind of, fr- so I said, what's something your POC friends, can I quickly answer that? Or do you, do you want to actually do another one? No, do but do you have one? to look at it to answer it? Oh, I just wanted to, the question, I oh. wanted to give context to them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this person said, I said, what's something your POC friends struggle to understand about you? And they said, understand that white Americans are not all there is to whiteness. Um, and so I just responded and said, for people of color, the difference between... <laughs> a white Latvian a white person from Kosovo a white person from Kenya a white person from Argentina is the difference between a great white shark a tiger shark a hammerhead shark what else, what else is there? what um, other sharks? I don't know yeah it's the difference between all a those a whale kinds. shark a whale shark right it's a difference in the ocean you don't think oh that's a hammerhead you're like nah it's a shark it's a shark it's a shark bro because I, they respond to me very equally 
right? If I've got some blood in the water. So um, I understand that. I definitely think there's nuance. Of course, there's nuance to white um, people and white culture, but um, it's just literally s- s- not a priority for anyone. <laughs> to I don't think it's for me. It's just not a priority to be culturally specific for white people. Mm. And the reason why I had an outburst about Arab people is I am still. I'm pretty hurt. I'm pretty upset about the way black people are treated, and I. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's just like where I'm at at the moment. I don't want to be culturally specific and not use Arab and use specific things because I don't think I just feel a lot of Arab people on either, and so I'm I don't feel I feel like matching that energy. Mm. I'm just that's where I am. Okay, what about white guilt and personal relationships? That's what makes so they're saying that's what makes it that's like a complication in there. Mm. POC. Well, but should the POC be sensitive to that? And also white guilt. I don't know. I don't understand white guilt. Yeah, like I really think. No, it makes sense. Do you know why I don't understand it? It's like do something about it, or don't have like, or move on from like disown it. But like, if but almost like sitting in that purgatory place of white guilt, I feel is a cop out. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't understand it. What about the white person who says, "I was just born in '93. I didn't choose this body." All my ancestors were on their bullshit and mm. did all this stuff. I've just arrived and now I've woke, I've, you know, gained consciousness. I'm in this mess where people who look like me have done this shit, but I haven't. I mean, not me specifically. So why should I pay and how should I pay? Um, I mean, is that is yes. that not a valid, is that valid or not valid or what? That's valid. I think maybe I don't understand um, what really white guilt is because I'm thinking, I'm thinking of guilt and like why attach guilt to it? Like Let's understand your privilege, understand where you are and keep it pushing. Do what you got to do about it. Um, because to, yeah, I, I feel like the feeling or the presence of, of guilt around it all kind of puts the attention back on you. Ooh. Yeah. Like the, be conscious of your privilege. Be conscious of th- that you you didn't. You're not the reason you are where you are, but you're here. And then and then if it's if you are moved by it, identify what you can do about it and do those things and stop pining over the things that you can't do. Like you can't re- reverse all the injustices. So stop pining over them and just do what you can do. If doing something is what you want to do, I like that. I think and guilt is says feeling responsible or regretful for a perceived offense, real or imaginary. I don't feel like white people who feel white guilt feel responsible or regretful. I think there's like an embarrassment and irritation at, at having to wear yeah. the skin that automatically means you were complicit, but actually not necessarily not having a part in it and not necessarily wanting to be part of the solution too. Like it's mm. just a lot of work you didn't sign up for. That's, That's not it. guilt. Yeah, the guilt is more actionable. And um, it's genuine. It's quite sincere. This isn't. Yeah. And what you've so you just know. said is exactly the, exactly what white guilt comes across as. I really think, I don't, have, I don't have one second for white guilt. Like, I just think it's a cop out. It's a, oh, I'm, I'm so hurt that you're hurt. And oh God, fuck. Because white movers and shakers who are actually doing work. Um, yeah. All the way from like micro activism or just like working within their immediate community mm. to being on a global stages, never mm. talk about their white guilt. They mm-hmm. don't have any, they're just actioning how mm. they feel. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, maybe note, realize that you don't have guilt, you have irritation mm. and that's okay too. That's your process. You, um, but action, that. you have irritation and a lack of responsibility for your self, for yourself and your surroundings. Why, why do you mean lack of response? Why do you say because that? Because if you feel, if you feel bad about something, do something about it. If you're not going to do something about it, own that. 
and okay, don't do something about it. like okay. be responsible for your feelings and and act or not act okay. but own it yeah and so, so does that go back to the que- the response from the poc who said white oh there was a response we didn't read um they said what's hard about being friends with white people is they always send oh we did they always center themselves Mm -hmm. so do you think white guilt is low-key just centering yourself again in something that's not about you but it's certainly by people like you and you contribute to 100 and trying to distance yourself from the bad whites Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah oh i love this episode yeah it was great wasn't it very interesting so we're gonna have to we're gonna do a part two we haven't got through i mean i think we should okay yeah wouldn't that be fun sure well i wonder i don't know like is there more to talk about truly yeah and like who's this episode for like it's really just for white people our audience is just white like uh, so (laughs) let me just check let me quickly check the stats i asked people to tell me what race they are so i know who the hell i'm pandering to bonolo is not white that's one that's one bonolo bobo (laughs) two two oh interesting Mm -hmm. oh okay so it's actually a split in the middle Look at this. She doesn't even know our audience. It's 50-50. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there we go. Wow, sorry guys. <laughs> White people. God, you really got one on us. Okay, oh, well. Know. And this is how they did it in the beginning, Kundra. Wow, you all really had me believing us. <laughs> wow, I'm shaking. I've been talking to blacks the whole time. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Shit. Thought I was in foreign land. Okay, well, um, uh, what would you I do would like them? to go over the responses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are. If really it interests us, we'll see how we feel. But otherwise, we might just record it tomorrow, darling. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's, just, it's already on our minds. Yeah. To go through the responses. <laughs> Yak's not interested. No, I'm not, not, not really. interested. I'm not, not We've, I'm not we've rinsed it. We've done enough. I really am just interrogating the Who's value. Who's it for? Mm. Yeah. And like, I think it's because there's just been so much work or speak around making sure white people understand and are comfortable and, um, you know, yeah, with being white in, in this world. Mm. I, th- that's why I'm just coming from that point of view. Like, do they need another white centered podcast episode yeah. out there? Are there, are there ones that don't come for white people's whole lives and gullets? Cause we haven't done that. We've actually been really sincere. Wait a minute. But but every podcast that isn't specifically about black people is about is for white people. Oh fuck, mind blown. And that's most. Okay, um, I've been hoodwinked. SoundCloud <laughs> told me that my <laughs> listeners were mostly from Sydney, so I thought, okay, let's do a nice P- she was like, PSA it episode. There can't be any blacks in Sydney. It's too far. How'd they get there? <laughs> so, uh, so this has been for you guys. I really just don't know what we should do now. Um, Christ. She's about to end her life. I'm honestly so Listen. shaken. Okay, I'm just going to put it to a poll and see if anyone wants a, you know. Fuck, darling. Okay, no, no, no. We are going to do a part two. Oh my gosh. I want to get through the responses. An addendum. <laughs> just because you're obsessed with I white know. people. I, and I, I love whites, hey, by the way. Mm. You guys are so funny. White people are so funny. <laughs> They're definitely like the salt. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Too far? <laughs> definitely not salt? They add flavor. You know what, what would I be are? doing if I wasn't dodging? Let bullets? me tell you what white people are. You know when you make a dish and you you have put that like nice like cover over it, that dome, but then you put a little smoke gun inside before you serve and you you uh, fill it with smoke. And the white people are when you remove the dome, that smoke that comes off like that, but then it disappears. What on? That was legitimately the worst analogy I've heard. So black people fully in my life. are the actual meat and potatoes. So just say once and for all, do you actually want to you yourself? Are you interested in doing a part two? Um, I want to understand the value. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> the valley and as far as i could see like this is oh my it. god okay, should we just okay i'll just read i'll just read the other places really quickly what time do we actually have to leave like how many more minutes do we actually have we have to leave in 12 minutes we're gonna go see a movie Fuck. actually they're all the same the rest of the responses are legacy of shame i wish i could understand the shit they go through white guilt is, is my constant companion constant awareness that i am the oppressor i really the realization think that i never it's cute and fashionable to have white guilt like that's what it looks like from the outside Ooh. like fuck like it's it's okay to be happy it's okay to enjoy your life do that with your chest and if you if you care find a way that you can contribute and do that like don't enjoy your life but have white guilt so that you can feel bad no 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 don't do those things so it's a scapegoat i absolutely think so like don't be lazy um if you have white guilt then you're lazy you and so that's that's my 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 true opinion and how then, about you paypal me a hundred australian dollars every single time you're guilty and australian because hey, not don't australian, convert it into rants because it's australian losing. dollars and we'll yeah. use that to make our podcast better that's one where you can amplify two black people's yeah i'm gonna link my paypal if you're guilty send me money oh that's a good point if you're guilty um yeah anything just yeah. send me some money double triple digits don't know no no, no send, send what you can but i'll see your name of course Send what you can. Yeah, and Nukunu will be reading out a gratitude list. And I, with that money, mm-hmm. I want to buy... This year, I want to buy a dildo. I want to buy some new sneakers. You said the I podcast. Need... Do you see? This is why my people don't trust <laughs> This is why blacks people. can't have anything. Look how we, look how we swindle the money. we can never be friends. I understand you don't want us at your brides. It's fine. Your barbecues. Oh my God. On that note, guys. So been... I think we've finished all the responses, haven't we? We've finished. Nyak didn't amazing. want to do another episode Mukunda for wanted whites. to dive into your pussies. Man. I was, yeah. I want to, I just want to rehabilitate the white people. Yeah. No, we can't do it with one episode. Yeah. Though. Okay. Thank you guys. This was great. If you're Scottish, if you're Welsh, please DM me. Um, Nyak, any last messages? Colombian. Okay. Yeah. DM me. This is for, for romantic purposes. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Join our Facebook group. Yes. Throw in a meme. Throw in a question. Let's like have some activity on there. Let's chit chat. Let's have fun. PayPal me. Um, yes, keep it cute. Thank yeah, you thank for you. listening. This and thank wonderful. you for participating. It's wonderful to thank have your you. responses. Yeah, and it's always a calling in, okay? Always a calling in from us. Sometimes I'll call out if I'm feeling extra spicy. There was a dumb South African um, on my story. I called them out. Well, did I? I didn't even. I called them in. Anyway. Girls and gays, it's been it's real. It's been real. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.